Let's face it, sales can be incredibly tough. In fact, for many people, sales has a terrible reputation. But when done right, it can be one of the most rewarding and fulfilling career paths, creating enormous impact on our customers, all while generating an ultra lucrative income stream and financial future for ourselves and for our families. Whether you've been selling for years or just getting started, you know that building a massive pipeline of opportunities is the key to growing your business and hitting your sales quotas, right? The truth is, is that many sales tactics and strategies no longer work in today's digital economy. The need for salespeople early on in the sales cycle is becoming less important by the day. Yet why is it that the world's top sales professionals are those that are able to open the doors and minds to top level decision makers and close large, more lucrative deals perpetually year after year? You see, there's a huge difference between selling the deal and becoming a trusted advisor to your clients. Advisors provide insightful, valuable solutions to prospects and clients that shifts the mindset from salesperson to consultative advisor. My name is Eric Fisher, and you are listening to the B2B Growth Accelerator Podcast. Are your sales prospecting skills a little bit rusty? If you're new to B2B sales or you haven't had a prospect in a while, I'm here today to bring you 27 sales prospecting tips and techniques. Now, before we get into it, be sure to check out my free book linked down below. If you want a more in-depth guide on how to build a massive pipeline of new prospects using modern day prospecting techniques. Now, let's jump into some B2B sales prospecting advice, shall we? Number one, just get started. Imperfect action is gonna trump inaction every single day of the week. So just get started and learn from your mistakes. More reps means more practice. Eventually your skills will improve as long as you're attempting to use the proper techniques. Number two, do some research on your prospects and targets ahead of time. One of the biggest mistakes most salespeople make is they're underprepared and they're understudied. A well-prepared salesperson has more leverage and you want leverage. The more you practice and the more you study your prospects, the better your messaging and questions are gonna be. Your credibility is gonna skyrocket then and you're gonna differentiate yourself from your competitors. Number three, practice your messaging with your peers. I know nobody enjoys role-playing, but seriously, why not? It's a totally safe place. Would you rather make mistakes in practice or in the game? Seriously, start practicing. And if you don't believe me, watch the video linked up above for, top, for five reasons you're not making sales. Number four, leave yourself voicemails to practice. So if you just can't seem to muster up the courage to ask a peer or colleague to role play, you should still do it. Everyone has a cell phone. Call yourself and practice leaving yourself a voicemail to prospective clients. When we eventually get more time on the road selling again, many of you are gonna have a ton of windshield time to practice your messaging. So listen for your speed, your tonality, your inflection, and your conciseness of your message. Would you call yourself back? It's super powerful, guys, so give that one a shot. Number five, send brief, direct, and to-the-point emails. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like your prospects or target accounts never seem to call you back and you feel pretty much stuck? I definitely have, and this still happens to me today. Maybe you don't have a cell phone number. Maybe your prospect isn't even on LinkedIn. Well, email is still gonna have to be a main communication medium you're gonna need to use. So before you fire off that email, how long is it? Is your email all about you and your company, or is it about your prospect? Keep your emails one to three sentences max and concise and entirely focused on your customer and the problems you help solve in the industry. Stop trying to sell in prospecting emails. Start focusing on getting their attention and creating interest to want to have a conversation with you. In the end, when in doubt, if your email feels long, it probably is. 
Number six, realize what you're asking for in a prospecting call. Time. Okay, just like we talked about in number five, your main goal in a prospecting email or a phone call is to get your prospects interest and attention. So in this case, you want their time. So on the first call, you're not selling them much of anything unless you're selling more of a one call close type of product or service. So remember, you're asking for time, nothing else. Number seven, Build out focus power hours of outreach time. We only have so much time in our day to actually stay focused. So build out call blocks where you block out all distractions. In fact, put your phone on do not disturb. Number eight, leverage all communication mediums. Ever feel like the phone and email stopped working and your calendar is pretty much feeling well, empty and wide open? Chances are you're too reliant on one or the other. But ask yourself, have you sent a LinkedIn DM? How about a LinkedIn video DM? How about a text message or direct mail or ask for an intro or referral? Or when was the last time you joined a networking group? There's still virtual networking groups even during COVID-19. There's so many ways to get in front of prospects and get in front of more opportunities. So try them all. Try them all for long enough and they all work. Number nine, prepare a list of questions in advance. So questions or questioning is akin to relationship building in sales. By far, the most underutilized technique in sales is not asking the right questions that are not prepared and they're not researched. When you ask questions that are researched and are super personalized, your credibility skyrockets and you look like a trusted advisor and you're going to accelerate your sales process. Number 10, be authentic and treat people like humans with empathy. This is why relationships are so important in sales. People do business with people they like, so don't be salesy. You can still be professional and be honest and genuine. It starts with us. We need to care about our prospects' success first. Customers can see through all the salesy behavior. So come across genuine and be genuine. You can still be persuasive and convincing without being salesy. When you care about your customer and believe your product or service will actually help them, and you do need to believe that, it's your obligation to sell them because you're gonna put them in a better situation. Number 11. Stop opening a call with, sorry to bother you. So think about this for a second. You're calling a very busy business person and it feels polite and normal to apologize because we know we're likely interrupting that person, right? Have you ever done this and thought that the person on the other end of the line was just gonna open up to you because you were so polite, yet it didn't exactly happen that way? It's happened to me so many times I can't even count them anymore. Well, unfortunately, it has the opposite effect. When you open up a call apologizing for, for bothering them, it actually sets the tone of the call off wrong. And you now interrupted them and now you've just told them that you're also gonna bother them. Instead, use a more powerful statement like this. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk to me and get right to your point. Number 12, listen more, talk less. The most powerful question you could ever ask in sales is why? Whether you're in a prospecting call or discovery meeting, when was the last time you asked a question and you were so eager to ask your next question, you didn't even hear the answer to your prospect's answer to your first question? It's happened to me, it's happened to everyone. You have to learn to sit there, zip your lips, and get really good at being silent. Silence gives your prospect the extra time to think and add more context to their answers. Oftentimes, it allows them to actually think about their answer a little bit more and draw more rational conclusions and actually make better business decisions, which we all want. In 19 years of selling, there's never a time that shutting my mouth and listening hurt me, not once. Number 13, A-B split test often. If you're not sure what A-B split testing is, well, it's as simple as testing two different variants of the same thing. So you could test the same email message or cold call opener, but change one variant, such as the subject line or maybe the order of the words you use in your opening statement. If you really wanna get great at sales prospecting, which you should, you should analyze and track and test all of the different results and methods you use. Instead of guessing, you're now using data 
to tell you what the best route and methods to use is. When you do this, you're not relying upon emotions and feelings, you're relying on data, which is the best business decisions you can make. Number 14, take diligent notes and then reread them. I know many of us have stacks of notebooks that they've taken so many notes on, but how many times have you gone back and looked at those notebooks and actually reread all the notes you took? Maybe you write them down on, or you type them out on your, your computer. I do both. But when you actually reread what you typed out or wrote, it helps sear those things in our brain. So you actually can then recall that information later on with customers. The best salespeople are the ones that can connect the dots from prior conversations and use them in a storytelling method with new customers. And in order to do that, you need to take diligent notes, but also recall that information. And one of the best ways to do that is reread your notes. Number 15, find out details about their life, such as their family, their likes, their dislikes, and hobbies. Have you ever met someone one time and you shared maybe a little bit of personal information? So a birthday, maybe your spouse's name, your child's name, and then you didn't see that person maybe for a year, maybe it was six months, whatever. But the next time you saw them, they said, hey, how's little Timmy doing? Or, hey, how's that golf swing going? When was the last time you played? It makes you feel really good. People like it when we show interest and remember things about them. So why not use this in sales? Now don't get creepy and move too fast, but you still wanna give, when you have a chance, you wanna ask personal questions about a hobby or an interest and then write it down and memorize it. Next time you meet them, they're gonna appreciate that you remember that about them and it will allow you to warm up the conversation faster. You'll also become more memorable. People remember people that show interest in them. Remember that. Number 16, stay positive. This is so hard to do for so many salespeople. Sales can feel really like we're striking out every single time we're up to bat. That's challenging. But what you need to know is it does get better. The more you invest in yourself, the more effort you put into your craft, the easier it gets. So remember, stay positive. The rejection and negative feelings that come with sales, they fade away just as quickly as they came in. Next time you make a sale, you book an appointment, you're gonna be more positive. Keep that positive attitude and keep the momentum going. There's so much in business that's out of our control. Do not let negative thoughts creep in your head. Number 17, learn not to get discouraged by objections. It's not personal. Rejection gets easier the more times you put yourself through it. If you've ever stuck out a workout regimen for any period of time, you're gonna notice that you may be really sore at first when you get started, like really sore. So sore it hurts to even move or get out of bed. But after some time, your body adapts to the stress and the stimulus you're putting through it no longer gets you sore until you switch up your routine again. On the other hand, if you sporadically work out, you're gonna be sore consistently because you're not adapting to the stimulus. This is very much like sales. In sales, everyone gets rejected. And while you absolutely can improve your techniques to convert more prospects into sales, you will still get rejected often as part of sales. So the best way to overcome this is to seek out more rejection. After a while, you're gonna build up a callus to it and it won't bother you nearly as much, if at all. The best salespeople don't fear rejection and just keep moving forward. Number 18, leverage momentum during power blocks. Momentum is one of the strongest assets during a prospecting call block. Just like sports, when momentum builds, you need to drop the hammer because you have leverage. The same thing is true in prospecting. When you book a meeting during a phone call, you need to pick up the phone and call the next prospect right away that's on your list. You have more confidence, you have more energy, and you're gonna be in a state of flow. And lastly, you won't care about being rejected as much. So keep the pedal to the metal, keep moving, and when you start building some momentum in that call block, drop the hammer. Number 19, 
Gamifier prospecting. We should spend 70% of our sales effort on prospecting. You might as well make it fun. So set goals and create contests with others to see who can book the most appointments for the day or the week or possibly set the most meetings for the month. Number 20, the money is in the follow-up. On average, it takes five follow-up attempts after the first meeting to make a sale. This might be the most part, missed part about prospecting. Most people give up after a few attempts and you need to trust the data that it can take five to eight attempts to move a prospect to the next phase in your sales process. It might even be just to get them to the next meeting, so keep going. Number 21, condense your outreach to cut through the noise. So you wanna look at your CRM or your spreadsheet, whatever you use to track your business development, and then find your five top most wanted prospects you've not gotten in touch with. How many of them have you reached out to four to seven times in a four week period? You may be surprised at what you find. When we're trying to gain someone's attention, you have to create enough valuable noise that it gets their attention. If you spread out four to five calls and voicemails, emails, LinkedIn touches over a three month period, it's simply not enough condensed effort to grab someone's attention. Sure, you might get some people that are reply, but most people aren't gonna respond. Condense your outreach into a four week period and leverage an actual cadence and use multiple different attempts in different mediums of communication and you'll see a lot of success. Number 22, be honest with yourself about your level of effort. We often lie to ourselves and need a reality check, especially in sales if you're starting out, but really for everyone. If you wanna be at the top of your industry or your company in sales, you need to have an extremely high level of effort. Only you can ask yourself, is your level of effort equivalent to your goals? Number 23, ask a peer leader in your industry for feedback on your calls. Earlier I mentioned role playing with peers and colleagues. This is another form. However, in this form or this method, you're gonna have peers or managers listen to your live prospecting calls and provide live real-time feedback. I prefer this to be done in a power block group setting so everyone can learn from each other and learn from the mistakes and the successes from the calls prior by our peers. Number 24, leverage video or voice messaging. You'll differentiate yourself from your competitors and get more attention from your prospects. Okay, this should be mandatory for sales reps at this time in the world's history. If you weren't sending LinkedIn or email video or audio messages before COVID-19, I hope you'll take some action on it now. The level of personalization and differentiation it creates is unlike anything I've ever seen. Create a personalized 15 to 20 second video that's extremely genuine, straight to the point, and actually has value for the prospect based on some research you did very quickly to book more meetings. Number 25, refrain from low value words like touching base and checking in. They hold no value for your prospect whatsoever. I'm pretty sure every salesperson on the planet has used this, used these words. I know I have, and sometimes I catch myself doing it to this day. Just don't use them. In theory, if you're ever emailing or calling your prospect, there should always be something of value for the prospect. So if you ask yourself before you make a call, what's my purpose and you don't have one, are you really valuable to your customer? If you wanna be more valuable and an actual asset and get more responses, then you need to ask yourself, what's the purpose of my call before you reach out? And if you don't have one, the reason you're reaching out is likely entirely about you. Number 26, build your own scripts. Practice them until you sound natural. You'll eventually flow more freely and you're gonna sound more natural while staying to the point. There's so many sales gurus out there shouting from the rooftops that they got the perfect script guaranteed to book you more appointments and more sales. But the problem is, is that all scripts aren't equal. Every industry, customer, and persona is different. And so instead what matters is the framework of the scripts and the messaging. And once you understand the framework, you can then plug and play the right info specific to your industry and customers that allows you to sound and be more natural. 
Lastly, number 27, realize that if there is one part of the sales process you need and should want to master, it is prospecting. The fuller your funnel is with quality opportunities, the more successful you'll be. The more opportunities you bring in and can vet out, the better your percentage of closing deals will be. I promise you that. Prospecting like anything else takes practice, but I hope these techniques and tips give you a new perspective on how to tackle it. And if you're looking for more prospecting guidance, be sure to check out my free book. It's linked down below. Thank you for watching this video. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. See you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the B2B Growth Accelerator podcast. Hey, do you have a question you'd like me to answer raw, uncut, right on the podcast? All you have to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do three simple things. First, leave a rating and review telling me what you thought about the podcast. And in that review, ask anything you want regarding sales, business, or a guest you'd like me to interview on a future episode. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered on the next Q&A episode. Join us next time on the B2B Growth Accelerator podcast.